0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg,
0: this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
1: many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's going on, Packer fans? It is Packers 49ers game day. The Packers are one win from the NFC Championship. Imagine me telling you that at the beginning of the season. And yes, you can still go to prizepicks.com slash and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Packers 49ers, playoff football, Saturday night. What more could you want? Let's get after it. My four selections in this game number one, Jaden Reed, more than 24.5 receiving yards. I don't see any way in which Jaden Reed is not a bigger focal point of this offense after not having any catches a week ago. And for Jaden, it only takes one catch to potentially go over 24.5 receiving yards. So Jaden Reed, more than 24.5 receiving yards. I'm going Rashawn Gary, more than 0.25 sacks. This is a huge game for Rashawn Gary. Colton McKivitz is the weak point of that 49ers offensive line. He has to win that battle, not just... You know, one time he needs to win it on multiple occasions. I think at worst he stumbles into a half sack, but I think he has the ability to be way more dominant than that. So, Rashawn Gary, more than 0.25 sacks. I am going with the bad guys on a couple. Brandon Ayuk, more than 39.5 receiving yards. He is such a talented wide receiver. I do think they're going to target him as the primary offensive weapon down the field in this game. Of course, Samuel and Kittle and McCaffrey are going to be involved as well, but I expect Ayuk to lead the team in receiving yards, so more than 39.5 there. And Jake Moody, their rookie kicker, more than 0.5 field goals made. I do think Green Bay's defense is going to be able to hold on a couple occasions in this game and force them to to kick field goals rather than getting touchdowns. So I am going Jake Moody more than 0.5 field goals made. Just to recap, Jaden Reed more than 24.5 receiving yards, Rashawn Gary more than 0.25 sacks, Brandon Nayuk more than 39.5 receiving yards, and Jake Moody more than 0.5 field goals made. The best part is you can go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks. Daily Fantasy Sports made easy.
0: Twenty minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast.
1: Happy Freaking game day Packer fans, welcome in to an all-new episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. The best episodes of the Pack-A-Day podcast are divisional round playoff episodes of the Pack A Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. If you are not geeked up, excited, freaking out of your mind about this game, there might be something wrong with you. It is Packers 49ers, divisional round, Saturday night football. What more in life do you possibly want other than, you know, I guess a Packers victory against said 49ers. Like, man, imagine if I told you going into the year that we would be here, Jordan love playing out of his freaking mind, uh, Plethora of weapons and wide receivers at his disposal that have all stepped up huge through the course of the year. A fresh Aaron Jones, a defense who's played its probably best back to back to back games, and I don't know, for a while, let's just put it that way, and an opportunity to win and go to an NFC championship game. It's insane to say out loud, it doesn't feel real. Yet here we are, going to San Fran or Santa Clara with the opportunity to go to an NFC Championship game against either Detroit or Tampa. Like, this this is amazing. And this is a very difficult matchup. The line is the way that it is for a reason. San Francisco is a super-powered team. We will get into all of that today and why this will be a difficult matchup for Green Bay and the, the ways that Green Bay needs to go about winning this game. Of course, injuries for Green Bay have been the story all season long. I'm not going to go too much into this. I talked about this a little bit on yesterday's show, but just really quick injury report. Kingsley and Ibar is out. That's not a surprise. How they fill that spot is going to be probably a little bit more Gary, a little bit more Preston, a little bit more LVN. And then a little bit of Brenton Cox. I would also potentially see some defensive tackles playing out wide. Maybe a Carl Brooks, maybe a Colby Wooden, maybe even a Kenny Clark or a Devontae Wyatt. I think they have some things that they can pull out, especially in run defense against this 49ers offense. But Inigbari will be out and that will be a, a costly injury from a rotational standpoint at the edge rusher position. Questionable. Daniel Whalen has the illness. I'm sure he's going to be able to punt. Isaiah McDuffie. Even if he's healthy, do they use him? I think that's going to be a question. Does he, you know, platoon with Devondre Campbell again? Or since he was questionable all week, do they just kind of keep him out of the game plan and they just play Devondre all game? That will be worth keeping an eye on. Again, that is even if he can play. AJ Dillon sounds like he's trending the right way, but again, even if he is, you want to use him all that much. I think this still has to be a heavy Aaron Jones game, even if Dillon is capable of going. And then the big one, Jair Alexander. This one changes things incredibly because you either have a legitimate corner that can go out and and go one on one with guys like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, or you're going to have to play a ton of zone and, and just sort of hope for the best and keep things in front of you and rally and tackle and it just changes the game plan, I think, quite a bit, but Jair Alexander, AJ Dillon, Isaiah McDuffie, probably the three key ones to keep an eye on when the inactives report does come out 90 minutes before game time. Meanwhile, the 49ers, Cleveland Farrell is out, rotational edge player. Dre Greenlaw is questionable. Everything sounds like he is trending in the right direction to play. And you want all of these guys to play for both teams. For Green Bay and San Fran, may the best team win. You hope everyone's healthy. Uh, but again, Greenlaw seems like he's going to play. Doesn't seem like the 49ers are going to be very affected by injury. They're going to get George Odom back at safety off of uh, the injury report. And I think IR as well. So this should be a mostly healthy game, very dependent upon whether or not Jair Alexander plays. You know, they're going to do everything in their power to get him ready to play and active in this game. And hopefully not only can he play, but he can stay in the game, be active and play at the level that he played at a week ago against Dallas. All right. As we usually do every single week, Pre-game, let's go over the keys to victory for the Packers. We've got a lot to go over in this one. So let's start with number one. I agree with Mike Wall from yesterday. I think this is a game that will be won and lost in the trenches. This is playoff football. Probably going to be a little bit rainy. The 49ers have the best offensive lineman in football in Trent Williams. They've got weapons upon weapons along their defensive line in Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw and Javon Hargrave and like you know, Chase Young, who they get. like They, they have crazy, crazy... Uh, just all pro caliber players. I guess all pro is probably a little strong outside of Bosa and, and Trent Williams. But you get my point. The talent there is tremendous and they can just come at you on waves from a defensive side of things. And again, Trent Williams in, um, is really the key part of their offensive line. The rest of it is, I think, beatable, but their right side far more beatable than their left side. But overall... If San Francisco goes into this game and is able to protect Purdy and is able to run, especially left side with Christian McCaffrey, and on the flip side, they're just getting after Jordan Love with their front and Green Bay can't run the ball, going to be a long day for Green Bay. And it goes the opposite way as well. If guys like Rashawn Gary and Devontae Wyatt, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark come to play, they can beat up on that San Francisco offensive line. They're going to have to do that. And in this offensive line for Green Bay, whether it's been Rashid Walker, Zach Tom, Elton Jenkins, John Running Jr. for the past month, these guys have been playing great football. And Jordan's been doing a great job of getting the ball out of his hands. Matt has drawn up game plans that have, you know, kept the defense entirely, you know, not knowing what's going to come next. I think there's opportunities for both sides. And I think there's probably just going to be a mix of win and losses for both of these sides. But the the team that dominates the trenches more. San Francisco is rested. They didn't have to play a week ago. The week before that, they rested a ton of their guys. Green Bay's coming off of 90 snaps. And I know Mike Wall will be the one to tell you it probably doesn't matter all that much. I still think that's a little bit more wear and tear, especially on a short week. That's going to be interesting to me, the rest versus rust argument. But if you see one side of this uh, game, uh, either on offense or defense, that one of these teams is just dominating in the trenches, that that might be enough. Because we know San Francisco has the playmakers, the running backs, the receivers. Brock Purdy's playing great. Same for Green Bay. Aaron Jones, all the weapons that they have. Jordan Love is playing great. Both these guys, uh, both these teams have weapons. And they can use them. And they will put your defense in a spin cycle wondering what the heck is going to come next if you let them. And the only way you stop that from happening is if you win in the trenches and you make it so that their offensive line has a really tough day and you've got a real legitimate chance to disrupt and blow things up and cause chaos and hopefully turnovers. And the team that does a better job of that is probably going to win this game. So that that to me is the the biggest differentiator, is the play of the trenches. And number two is, of course, the one we talk about a lot. I try not to bring it up too much, but in these type of games, especially when you're almost a 10-point underdog, or in some places I think it was a 10-point underdog, you're going to have to get some turnovers too, at minimum, for Green Bay. At minimum, they cannot lose the turnover battle. If it's even... San Francisco probably still has a little bit of an advantage, but it will be extremely hard for Green Bay to lose the turnover battle and still get a victory in this game. If they win it, then they have a legitimate chance. We saw it against Dallas last week. Those two turnovers changed everything. It put Dallas completely out of control. All of a sudden they're down 27-0. And basically at that point, the game was over. And here were the numbers per Zach Cruz. Again, he does a tremendous job with these. The 49ers are 8-0 when they don't turn the ball over, undefeated. They hold on to the ball, they win. They are 4-5 when they do turn the ball over, below 500. Talk about a massive differentiator. You're talking about a team that never loses if they don't turn over the ball or basically a coin flips chance at winning, even worse if they do turn over the ball. Meanwhile, if San Francisco gets two or more takeaways, they are nine and one. And if they don't get two or more takeaways, they are three and five. So this is a topic that, again, we can talk about every single week with the turnovers. It's huge. It's the biggest indicator of who's gonna win or lose. But for San Francisco, the splits are incredible. And in poor conditions, on the road, when you are at 9.5 or 10 point underdog in this game, you're going to need a couple breaks probably to go your way. And the more that Green Bay, we talked about the the pressure up front and winning the trenches, the more they can get pressure on Brock Purdy, the more opportunity they're going to have to get those turnovers. And the more they can protect Jordan Love, the less opportunity San Francisco is going to get for those turnovers. But it doesn't just stop there it's Aaron Jones and Christian McCaffrey, it's kick returners, it's punt returners, it's tight ends, it's everyone. Ball security will be paramount. Both quarterbacks cannot afford to turn the ball over and turnovers will go a huge way in determining who wins or loses this game. Number three, you really need to get San Francisco playing from behind you want to quiet the crowd, and you want to plant those seeds of doubt within the 49ers, within the 49ers fans, and just get them nervous. Very similarly to what you did against Dallas a week ago. You want it so that you get off to that early lead, that the 49ers have to play from behind, even if it's not 27-0, right? Even if it's just 7-3, to you're playing from ahead and you have a little bit of leeway. You can be a little bit more aggressive. And it's just that even that would be huge if you're playing from behind. If you're down, you know, ten points or something like that. Now you're forcing Jordan to throw more. You're allowing Bosa and Chase Young and uh, all those guys, Hargrave, to tee off and, and go right to the quarterback. You're allowing San Francisco to stay balanced on offense. That just makes your day so much harder. But if you can do very similarly to what you did against Dallas, go down, get the ball first. I'm sure if they receive, they're going to want the ball again get points on the board, even if it's a field goal. And then it gives you at least your defense an opportunity. Maybe you can hold them to a field goal. You just want to be playing close to even. But if you can play from ahead, this San Francisco offense and, and Shanahan's offense is not meant to play from behind. Now, I'm not saying they can't. I'm not saying Green Bay gets a, a you know double-digit lead in the fourth quarter and it's just over. San Francisco is going to put up a fight no matter what. But they want to stay balanced. They want to continue to run the ball and they want to keep you guessing as to what's going to come next. For Green Bay, if it's a two-dimensional game and they have to stop running pass on every play, their defense just doesn't have the the personnel to match up with the Kittles and the use Checks and the McCaffreys and the Ayukes and the Samuels. They just don't. They don't have the players that can consistently stop those. But If you get to the point where it's very clear and obvious that Brock Purdy is going to be throwing the ball in every single play, then all of their eye candy, their motions, their play actions, all of that goes out the window because you don't care. You're just going to drop back anyway and play pass defense so they can do all the eye candy stuff that they want, the illusion of complexion, uh, like they can do any of it. And it just doesn't matter. And now all of a sudden it just comes down to Brock Purdy throwing the the, the ball around the yard and can he do enough to get back and win the game? So Green Bay can get that lead and they can play from ahead. I think that changes the calculus quite a bit and gives Green Bay a real legitimate chance to shock the world and come away with a win. Number four is very similarly, which team can stay balanced and run the football? I think this is another huge matchup between Aaron Jones and Christian McCaffrey both teams are going to want to establish their running games and they're going to want to not only establish it, they're going to, their entire game plan is going to be based around it. We just talked about it. All the stuff I just said about San Francisco applies to green Bay too. They want to run the motions and the jet sweeps and the play actions and the bootlegs and the the reverses and all of it, and just keep you uh, in spin cycle and not knowing what the heck is going to come next. But If either of these teams can't run the ball and they get shut down and it just becomes a slog or again, they're playing from behind, then in that situation, you know, you have the opportunity to tee off and play and make the other team one dimensional. I think which team has to give up their ground game first is going to be the team that is clearly playing from behind and is probably not in a position that they want to be in. But with both of these offenses right now, the way that McCaffrey runs the ball, the way that Aaron Jones has been running, if they can both get going uh, for either side, the defense is just in no man's land. They don't know what's going to come next. And that's not where you want to be as a defense, especially for Green Bay against all those weapons in San Francisco. So which team can establish the run quicker and which one can keep it going and stay balanced through the course of the game? Huge advantage in this one. Number five, kicker issues. Jake Moody for the 49ers, Anders Carlson for the Packers, both rookie kickers. In huge moments, in conditions, you know, outdoors, what could go wrong? This could be a game. I know it's a nine and a half point spread. I get it. This could be a game that comes down to a missed extra point, a missed field goal, and you know, those are the things that can separate you in a playoff game between two really good teams, especially when both are playing great football. And. It's a coin flip either way as to which one of these guys could blow it or which one of these guys could make all their kicks and, and get all the points that they need for their specific team. I don't think either team or either fan base is feeling super comfortable. If I told you right now, Green Bay's down three and they need a 48-yard field goal to tie the game at the end, are you feeling comfortable? Probably not. San Francisco fans, same thing. 49ers down three, 48-yard field goal to tie the game. Are you feeling comfortable? Probably not. And that's the situations that you can get into in these specific games. So Jake Moody, Anders Carlson, rookie kickers, they could be the difference in this one if it's a tight game and every single point will absolutely matter. Number six, I've talked about it this week on numerous occasions, Rashawn Gary versus Colton McKivitts. Rashawn Gary needs that impact performance. He needs a huge game and it it doesn't necessarily need to be three sacks or whatever, but pressure, intimidation, holding his side of the line so that they're not running his way, not allowing Brock Purdy to step up into his right which is where he wants to go. He has to stay home, but he also has to collapse the pocket and he's got to find a way to those impact plays. If he's going around and the McKivitz is just pushing him past the quarterback and Purdy can step up and take all time all the time in the world to throw. Kittle, Ayuk all those guys, Debo Samuel, they're going to get open and they're going to get open often. You're not going to be able to cover them for seven, eight seconds. It is paramount that Rashawn Gary comes to play and has that big impact performance. Listen, if he has like seven or eight pressures and just doesn't get home on the day. That's he did his job. Like it's going to take other people stepping up as well. I'm not saying the entire defensive part performance is on Rashawn's shoulders, but he has to have an impact. You have to feel where he is. And he's had successful games against the 49ers in the past. This needs to be an, another one of those.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
1: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly
0: from bloomberg this is the deal each week you'll hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as um, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
1: many more doors. The show is called The The deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Number seven, assuming Dre Greenlaw does play, I think you have to get Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner thinking. If they are just playing fast and reacting to everything that you're doing, They're, as Mike Wall said the other day, they're a cheat code. They are an absolute cheat code and they will flow to the football and they will get there fast. So you have to give them things to think about, whether it's bootlegs, play actions, reverses, sweeps, end arounds, whatever it might be, you want to give them pause, even if it's a millisecond. Because the way Aaron Jones is playing right now, he does not need much of a crease. But if you just give him something small and Fred Warner or Dre Greenlaw start flowing one way and Jones is going the other, that's all he needs to get 8, 9, 10, 15, 20 yards on a specific run. But if you're not doing that and this is just basic football and the linebackers are crashing in, then you're going to be in a world of pain because they're going to be tackling you at or behind the line of scrimmage. That's how good these guys are. So giving them more to think about, making it so that they can't just flow and, and, and play freely and instinctually or instinctive. Uh, Those are going to be the things that are going to be super important for this Packers offense to just keep the 49ers off balance and not knowing what's coming next and not just attacking moving forward. Because again, those two linebackers will make your day a living. You know what, if you're, if they're able to do that. All right. Number eight, make Brock Purdy beat you. And I want to be crystal clear here. That's still not a great option. Purdy throwing all day to all those weapons that we've discussed is still not a beautiful way to go about trying to win this game. You could lose in that situation just as much. But if given the choice between Christian McCaffrey going for 180, 200 yards or Brock Purdy trying to beat you through the air, my poison I'm going to try to die by is Brock Purdy beating me through the air. I can't let Christian uh, McCaffrey run all day and just have no response to it whatsoever. This can't be another Raheem Mostert day where they can just keep handing off the ball and Purdy doesn't even need to throw. They've got to stop the run. They've got to make it so that Purdy becomes uncomfortable and is is trying to buy time to, to find people down the field. I also think that you have to get him off of his first reads. So it's not just stopping the run. I think you have to play up more. And I think you have to make it so that you get him out of his timing. This is a timing and a rhythm-based offense in San Fran. I think you really want to make sure that those guys are, whether it's jammed at the line of scrimmage or you're just taking away those easy reads, you have to get him to read three or four and him getting jumpy in the pocket and getting that pressure. And you know what? They might still put up 24, 28 points that way. So be it. If, If you can get some big three and outs, if you can get some, some key sacks on key downs, if you can get some turnovers, it'll be worth it if you can keep them within the mid twenties and you can get some of those big plays, but you can't just let them nickel and dime you all da- all all day, all down the field and just make it so that your offense is never on the field and your defense is just getting worn down. So I think you've got to play everything up. If they get an explosive play over the top, so be it, tip your cap. But you've got to make sure that those easy reads are not there, that it's Christian McCaffrey not beating you, that it's Brock Purdy trying to beat you, and you're just making him think a lot more than just easy, all right, one, two, three step, and the corner's 20 yards off, and he's got an easy completion to Debo Samuel. Going to have to be a little bit of a different game plan for Joe Barry in this one, which has not always been his forte. Number nine, this has to be your best rally and tackle game of the season. You have to be so fundamentally sound this offense is set up to break tackles and to run after the catch. It's not necessarily set up where they're just going to hit these big 70 yard explosive plays over you. They're set up that they can make very easy plays go for very explosive gains because of the playmaking ability of McCaffrey, Ayuk, Kittle, and Samuel. It's not that again, that they're throwing 30, 40, 50 yards downfield. It's a lot of times a screen pass, a handoff, uh, you know, a little drag route over the middle where one guy misses a tackle. And then instead of five yards, it goes for 55. Those are the things that the Packers have to avoid in this game. Those are really impressive, unbelievable playmakers. And it's easier said than done. But if Campbell or Quay or McDuffie or whomever misses a tackle there has to be everyone else there immediately to be there to try to get that player to the ground. And so, even if they do, you know, make the first person miss, instead of the five yard becoming a fifty-five, maybe it's a five yard that becomes a twelve yard. It still sucks. You still want to try to stop them at that five yard, but limiting the 20 plus yard plays is what's going to be really important. And again, the way that San Fran usually gets those is through the the short and intermediate and just handoff stuff and their playmakers doing the heavy lifting. So you got to rally and tackle and it's got to be your most fundamentally sound defensive game of the entire season. Also can't have those defensive breakdowns, the miscommunications just has to be really sound and you have to make things really, really difficult for San Francisco all throughout the course of the day. Number 10, you cannot let Nick Bosa wreck this game. Very similarly to what they did against Dallas this past week and not allowing Micah Parsons to beat you. We talked about it last week. When it comes playoff time, you have to take the, the game and make it that it's not about their best players. If this is Nick Bosa and Christian McCaffrey just going off in this game and you can't stop them, you have not done your job. You have to make it so that and they still have other playmakers on both sides of the ball that can beat you, the Fred Warners, the Kittles, the Iukes, but you've got to make sure that it's not Bosa and McCaffrey, the ones that are gashing you all day long. And if you can contain both of those guys and specifically what we're talking about here is Bosa, then you've got a chance. But if Bosa just has one of his games where whether it's via Rashid or even Zach Tom, where he's just causing complete havoc and chaos all throughout the game I mean, Jordan's just going to be having to constantly look down at the rush and all those big plays that we've been experiencing for Green Bay are just going to go out the window. So you cannot let Nick Bosa beat you in this game. Number 11, don't let the conditions affect you. And I think the team that manages the rainy you know, conditions and maybe a little bit of wind uh, is going to be much better off. I think they're going to be in a position where they can continue to run the football. They're not turning the ball over. And they're managing the game better. For a, a game for Green Bay, where, again, they're around 10-point underdogs, the more variables that you can introduce to the game is probably better for you than it is for the favorite. You want to create a little bit of uncertainty and a little bit of... Um, you know, just unpredictability into the game. And a lot of times weather can do that. And Green Bay from Green Bay. They're used to playing outside and obviously the 49ers are as well, but they're used to playing in some crappy conditions. And I think Green Bay can handle this well. But if, if whether it's through the kicking game, turnovers, the running game, whatever it is, or if one of the quarterbacks is struggling to throw it because of a wet ball, the team that handles this better is going to be in a much better position to succeed. And I think Green Bay is maybe the team that is actually set up to handle this a little bit better. I talked to uh, 49ers podcasts uh, right here on the YouTube channel uh, this week, and he said like, hey, Brock Purdy has not been great in rainy weather on a couple different occasions. So that could be a benefit for Green Bay in this one. Number 12, man, stay hot, Jordan Love. <laughs> what I mean by that is when Jordan's playing the way that he's been playing, you can beat anyone. When you've got a quarterback that's playing at that high of a level, you can literally beat anyone. This is going to be a really tough matchup. San Francisco has a lot of inherent advantages in this game. But if you've got the guy that's throwing the ball better than anyone else in the world, you can win. You can beat San Fran. You can beat Tampa or Detroit. You can win a Super Bowl. So stay hot, Jordan Love. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't try to do too much, though. A turnover, as we talked about, could wreck this game and it just takes one sometimes but if you can stay consistent with what you've been doing throw accurately get the ball down the field get the ball in the hands of your playmakers and just run the offense with the efficiency that you've been running it with you can beat San Fran and you can have as good of a day against them as you did against Dallas if things bounce the right way but if Jordan does not Jordan has a New York Giants S game well Good luck. Let's just put it that way. But I think he's going to stay hot. I don't think there's any question about it. He's played phenomenal football over the course of the past, I don't know what, eight, nine weeks outside of the one game against the Giants. He's in complete command. He's playing with so much confidence and I don't see that changing against any defense. And same thing goes for San Francisco on Saturday night. Last but not least, a bonus one here. Play loose and shock the world. You've got house money, nothing to lose, whatever you want to call it. You're the youngest team in football. No one expected you to be here. Go out and shock the freaking world. Every Fox, NFL network, CBS, NBC, PFF, everyone else is going to show 49ers, 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 49ers. And we're going to clip all of those. And hopefully we're going to get to drag everyone at the end and say, look at all these idiots picking the 49ers again. Nobody's picking the Packers. And I think that's a great place for Green Bay to be. They've had this underdog mentality all season long, and it's really paid off for them as of late. I don't know how you stop this Packers offense. I really don't. I think they have everything they need to be successful against this 49ers defense. The big question is going to be can they handle the big moment and can this 49ers yeah, or sorry, can this Packers defense hold the 49ers offense enough where Green Bay's offense can put up enough points? But Take that underdog mentality, shock the world again, play loose. Dallas was tight and wound up as you could possibly imagine last week. And Green Bay was not. They were loose and free. We've got Jaden Reed with Packer helmets on this week. They seem loose and excited and ready to go. Ignorance is bliss sometimes. I don't think that they know that they're not supposed to win this game. And that's exactly where I want them to be. So just a recap, keys to the game. Win the trenches, win the turnover battle, get San Francisco playing from behind, Which team can stay balanced and run the football? Let's see what the kicker issues bring to this game because that could be a huge variable. Rashawn Gary versus Colton McKivitz. Get Greenlaw and Warner thinking in this one. Don't just let him flow to the ball. Make Brock Purdy beat you. Best rally and tackle game of the season. Don't let Nick Bosa wreck the game. Don't let the conditions affect you. Stay hot, Jordan Love, and play loose and shock the freaking world. All right, I mentioned it everyone's picking 49ers, 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 49ers. I am also picking the 49ers. I think it's a close one. Don't drag me too hard. I'm going 49ers 31 Packers 27. I'll say the same thing I did last week. uh, Although I did pick the Packers last week, I'll say the same thing I did last week and hopefully it brings some good luck this week. The 49ers have more avenues for success in this one. I think if things go uh, you know, if, or if we just play this game out 100 times, the 49ers win the majority of them. But Green Bay has legitimate avenues to success in this game. I really truly believe that. If If we're talking on Saturday night post game show and we're talking about a Packers victory, I will not be surprised one bit. They have everything that they need to come up with a surprise win in this one. They just have to play their best football. When this team is played at its best, Kansas City, Detroit, you know, the last few weeks of the season when they absolutely had to have wins and Dallas last week, they can beat anyone. They can beat some really, really great football teams. This is the best team they faced all season. No question about it. In my opinion, it's going to be a really tough challenge. I got 31, 27, 49ers over Packers. But like I said, I do think Green Bay can legitimately win this game. Just going to take, like I said, a couple bounces, maybe going their way and uh, just playing their best brand of football. And if so, hopefully I get to eat crow and you guys can drag me for it tomorrow. And we have a very fun victory Sunday to talk about the Packers over the San Francisco 49ers. Either way, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Packers 49ers, divisional round, Saturday night football. Guys, enjoy the heck out of this. Maybe it's the last game of the season. Maybe it's just a precursor to two more epic games on a run, uh, a magical run that would have been the greatest magical run in the history of our lives. Let's just put it that way. We'll see. It's been a hell of a journey. And I'm so excited for this game. Cannot freaking wait. I've got goosebumps thinking about it. I hope you guys, like I said, enjoy the heck out of it because these don't always come along. And as, as somebody, uh, I think, DM'd me on, on Twitter of like, this might be the last time over the next decade again that Green Bay sort of playing with house money going into a, a playoff game because now the way that this offense and Jordan Love are set up, expectations might just be through the roof every season from here on out. Cannot wait. Enjoy it, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you all a ton. Shout out to our Hall of Fame and All-Pro members, Most hated in Minnesota PJ Wynn, John Wild, Chebra Dad, Arnaldo Espinoza, Jennifer Wright, Boom Handle, Donald Lee, Lori Lord, Baby QB, MB1023, and David McCluskey. I will see you guys right back here tomorrow for a Packers 49ers post-game show, I guess later tonight, for a Packers 49ers post-game show. Can't wait to see you guys there. Hopefully, we are talking about a Packers victory. But until next time, and as always, and especially freaking today, Go, pack, go.